0: Change your mind, and you'll change everything. Welcome to Nathan's School of Thought. Hello, my friends. This podcast is originating shortly after Valentine's Day in the U.S., and you might think this is a really strange topic to talk about on Valentine's Day, well, post-Valentine's Day, in relation to Valentine's Day. But I want to talk to you a little bit about culture shock. I know. It's so romantic. Here's the thing. Several episodes ago, probably months ago, I spoke a little bit about the culture shock that I experienced when I first went to Japan to live as a young missionary. And I remember going through stages of culture shock and having to remind myself, oh yeah, that's what this is. I was told about this. I heard about this okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. And then I would get frustrated and go through it again and have to remind myself again. I didn't know that years later I would end up traveling all over the world. So I've spent a good amount of time on several continents, as most of you know, and experience a lot of different countries and cultures. With each one, there are different things that I recognize almost immediately as, okay, this is a little culture shock. I'll get over it. As I learn to appreciate what that place offers and what those people are really like, it becomes a beautiful thing. It's, it's like a tapestry of experiences and relationships and people and cultures and sounds and smells and sights that I had never dreamed of. Mostly good. As Valentine's Day approached, I was surprised by the number of couples that I ended up chatting with. The same thing happened after Valentine's Day was over. But I have had a surprising number of conversations over the past couple of weeks about marriage. Those conversations have been with people who enjoy their marriage, people who don't, people who wish to be married, people who wish they weren't, and about other kinds of relationships that share some common things. So let's talk about Marriage as culture shock. Now, if you're not married, you might not think that this podcast applies to you, but it absolutely does. Marriage is culture shock. How long does it last? Um, most of your life. <laughs> so just get used to it. Once we understand what it is and how to deal with it, it can turn into a beautiful appreciation of the culture that we build within our own home. If you think of somebody as they grow up, they're being exposed to a culture, part of the national culture that they may be part of. It may be part of a church culture. It may be part of a traditional culture, depending on where you live. Much of our identity is formed in childhood, and much of that is based on what's going on around us, the experiences we have, the beliefs we have about the world, the beliefs we have about what is good and bad, what is right and wrong what's to be expected on holidays and what is not, what we eat and what we don't eat, what the smells are around our home and around our neighborhood or countryside or farm and what the smells are not. This is always different from everywhere else. Each person is kind of their own little culture. Each family is their own culture. Most of you who have worked in large companies realize that every company takes on its own culture. There's this sort of collective tradition and collective understanding that becomes part of who we are. Our expectations about the world and how to deal with it stem from the culture in which we are raised. That means, for example, if I'm raised in the U.S., basically from a Christian background, sometime around the end of December, I'm probably going to expect Christmas trees. If I'm Jewish, I might expect a menorah. If I am from some part of Bali, I might expect nothing different at Christmas at all. Traditions around food and holidays vary by country. Traditions around food, holidays, communication, relationships, how love is displayed, how love is not displayed, and every other thing you can imagine, are part of the culture of our own family as much as the greater culture around us and any religious or secular traditions that we might have. When you get married, you're merging two cultures, and the inevitable result is culture shock. Now, sometimes people don't want to admit that they went through some of that because they say, oh, no, we were very, very happy from the very beginning. We totally got along. I'm sure you did, and I'm sure you were very happy. I was very happy. But I did experience some culture shock, as will every couple that decides to tie two lives together where two cultures come attached. This giant bag of traditions that influence everything that we think, understand, know, and do. You want some proof? Here are the five phases of culture shock. Ready for these? Number one, the honeymoon stage. No, I didn't make that up. That's actually what it's called. An expert in the early days of time abroad is likely to find everything about their new environment to be charming and exciting. This is taken from an article on ToppinDigital.com. Number two, the distress stage. Challenges of the new environment starts to affect how we feel. We can feel isolated. We can feel confused. We can feel homesick. On top of all the day-to-day struggles of putting together a new life... There may be difficulty with communication. The way we communicate is part of the culture in which we were raised and has been altered by our own choices, our own exposure to new information, and our own personal traditions, whether it be lots of reading or watching TV or anything else. We have these cultural references that we use all the time and we don't realize that they're part of our own little culture. When we get to the distress stage, when the honeymoon stage is over and we get to the distress stage and we feel confused or homesick or isolated, it can result in a sense of loss and a loss of confidence. We feel like we are missing something. We gave up something and we're frustrated with our sense of isolation while being right in the middle of this new relationship with somebody whom we really do dearly love. Culture shock. Number three, the reintegration stage. We begin to adopt things that are part of one another's culture. Now, I'll pause here to make a recommendation. You want to be happy? Build your own culture. Build a culture around the two of you. Now, in the Bible somewhere, it says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and none else. That's great advice. We sometimes talk about cleave to your spouse and none else. We don't very often talk about leave, leave your mom and dad. Why would I counsel any of my children and I have, you can ask him to leave. Don't hang out with mom and dad and live here in the basement. Don't stay too close and get caught up in every little thing that we're doing. Go start your own. Why? Because you have to build your own culture. You become a new family, a new unit with its own traditions, its own expectations, its own shared history, its own inside jokes, its own little things that remind the couple that they are a new thing, this this new creation that involves the two of them. And then you can start deciding deliberately what you will include as part of your culture together. You might adopt some of the things that each family did when you were young, especially around holidays. You would be wise to be careful around how you approach communicating with parents and relatives and things who expect certain things from you. And you might do what you can to make sure those run as smoothly as possible. But you're negotiating your new environment. You're you're feeling a new thing and you're creating something that has never existed before in history, because the combination of the two of you has never existed before in history. This is actually a beautiful opportunity. Now, because we've gone through honeymoon stage and the distress stage, when we begin to get into the reintegration stage, guess what sometimes happens? We can begin to resent the elements of one another's culture that seem to... Preclude what it is that we want to do. If you begin to resent your partner or spouse or friend or new boss or any other cultural partner that you have, be really careful to recognize that that's probably more culture shock than anything else. I remember when I first lived in Japan that I thought a lot of things were really stupid. Now, I'm sad to say that because Japan is one of my favorite places on earth now. I love that place and feel like half my heart still is living there somewhere. But in the beginning, I felt resentful, annoyed, even afraid, because some things were so different, I just thought they were dumb. I thought some of their food storage stuff was ridiculous. I thought the size of their houses was ridiculous. you got to remember, I was dropped in a city of about 17 or 18 million people off a farm where there was nobody. I thought a lot of things were dumb. That was culture shock. I began to resent them. That was culture shock. At some point, I remembered. One of the signs of culture shock is resentment. And so I decided to wait to withhold judgment until I could see the value in why they did what they did. Why do they sleep in these things they roll out on the floor? Why do they sit around a common table with no central heating in some of the homes? Why do they do that stuff? That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But now I love it, and I appreciate it, and I see why it originated, and I understand how it's part of the culture. Language is part of a culture. As you build your own culture together, you get to decide what language you will use, and none is more important than the language you choose to use with and about each other. Be very, very careful about the language you use. Okay. Fourth stage of culture shock is the autonomy stage, a stage of greater acceptance, greater personal confidence. Uh, we're less likely to compare our our new environment and our new culture to the old one that we came from. We don't get so homesick and long for home as much because we're starting to build autonomy. The best autonomy you can build is the autonomy of the two of you as a new being composed of the best of two people. Spend time talking about and thinking about the beautiful parts of the combination of the two of you as its own entity, as its own thing. Point those things out when you see them in your partner. Point out the beauty that they bring with them as part of their upbringing and as part of their vision for the future and their vision for the culture that you will build together. This kind of autonomy is not just personal, but a collective one that becomes its own thing and is really, really powerful. Some of the couples that you may know and admire become powerfully influential because they've built a culture together that just gives off energy filled with love and strength and courage and wisdom and everything else. You want to be that. Fifth step of culture shock, the independence stage. This is when the person reaches a calm and confident stage. They've relaxed their attitude to the point that they can live in and enjoy their new environment. They become familiar with that new culture, even if it's one they're creating themselves. And once you're familiar with that culture and get a feel for it and understand the origins of some of the traditions, the food, the feelings, the language the expectations attached to that new culture that you're forming together, then you don't necessarily compare it negatively to what you left behind. But instead, it goes the other way around. You appreciate what you left behind, and you really value what you're building together. It starts to get really, really exciting. When we have trouble or we find some conflict in our new culture, Knowing what it's built upon can help us rectify any problems that we run into. Now, when we start to feel feelings of resentment every once in a while, or our feelings get hurt, or we're frustrated with the other person, we have the option to say, what is the culture I'm building? And what do I appreciate about it already? And then, go tell your spouse. Say, I was just thinking about you today, I love what we're building together because and then point out something good that they bring to the relationship that they bring to your new culture, your new land that you're forming together. This is your own little country and you want it to be a good country and a free country and a safe country. You can do that by becoming independently confident in each other and your, in your ability to build something together. It's inevitable that you will run through some of these stages more than once in your married life, more than once in your partnership, more than once in your new job, more than once in your new town, your new home, your new church group, etc. All of these things appear every time we're mingling cultures together. But you recognize them for what they are. When you feel the honeymoon stage with somebody that you meet, and everything about them is new and exciting and beautiful, enjoy it when you're tempted to feel some distress and you start feeling a little isolated and a little homesick you can just say I know that's culture shock I know how to handle this because it won't be like that forever and I'm going to start reintegrating I'm going to look for good things a new level of understanding a deeper appreciation for who this person really is or what this situation really holds for me it doesn't matter really If we're talking about a new marriage, this is true when you move to a new place. It's true when you start a new job. It's true when you transfer it to a new department. All of that is prone to culture shock. All of that requires us to merge past experiences and past cultural understanding with a new one. Look for identify and emphasize the things about it that you can appreciate. As you begin to feel autonomous, as you begin to work together as a group or as a couple and start having your own way of doing things, look around every once in a while and value all of the beautiful things that you're learning and everything that came with each person who joins, belongs to, or is a part of that group, even the weird ones. There's something good that they bring. Finally, when you're confident and relaxed about the stage you're in, when you can find the positive things about your home culture and your new culture together, this is when life really starts to get good. Be really, really careful not to give up or say things mean certain things. If your new spouse, your new boss, your new friend, your new community offers something that seems offensive or ridiculous or threatening or meaningless to you, or especially if they believe that their relationship with you or their new connection with you is somehow requiring them to give up who they are, be gentle. Be gentle with people's hearts. Every single one of us experiences some of these feelings. If you're ever in a situation where you long for the culture you left behind, when you find it more valuable than the one that you have with your partner, spouse, friend, community, etc. It's time for you to get to work. You need to start really seriously identifying what it is that you can build together. Find someone who can help you do it. Have a little chat with them. Call me. You know, I'm always sitting around here waiting for you to call anyway. You never call, you never write. Do whatever you have to do, to find someone who can help you build a culture that retains the values that you brought with you and builds new and wonderful things around it. This can be the culture that for many will carry them through the rest of their lives. Make it a wonderful place to live, whether that place is in your heart or where you physically reside, or both. It's doable. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's necessary. And I highly recommend it. As always, if I can help you with this, get hold of me by going to my website or leave a comment on social media where you find me. Do whatever you've got to do to make that culture good and let me help you do it. We'll talk again soon.